1: And call 1 888 freedom or visit consumercellular.com.
2: Savings based on cost of consumer cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid paid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
3: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.
1: Welcome to the Hornet's Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber.
4: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a Silver Linings edition of the HHC, third in a row in the lost column, unfortunately, here for the Hornets. They've fallen upon some harder Times here at Spectrum Center. 0-3 now on this homestand, but still two more opportunities to get wins, two more opportunities for you to see Charlotte at home on this homestand. Tickets are available at Hornets.com. We'll take you through last night's 120-104 to loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers that dropped Charlotte to 22-49 and on the season. We'll pick our silver linings performers of the game, and we're going to talk power rankings, but a big surprise, Hornets are near the bottom of another edition of the power rankings. There's no secret Charlotte it's struggling near the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So that's not a shock, but there are some illuminating facts that are published in a lot of these power rankings that give some serious hope for what's to come for the Hornets. We'll talk about that. All here on this edition of the HHC with my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, here with us once again. Rob, tough one for Charlotte. They played really well against Cleveland on Sunday, and the team had the benefit of an addition from the injury list with Kelly Oubre going back into the lineup for the Hornets, and Donovan Mitchell came out of the lineup for Cleveland, so those two Injury resets combined with a really good performance from Sunday would have led you to believe maybe Charlotte gets over the hump for that one last night, but it just was not meant to be. Turnover issues start to finish. The main culprit, Hornets turned it over 22 times, were a minus 29 in points off turnovers in the game. They ended up losing by 16, and that was all she wrote. You pretty much summarized it right
5: there. All right, what's our
4: next topic? But
5: <laughs> No, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I think I mentioned it at halftime of the broadcast yesterday where before the ball even was put in the air, I thought there was a little bit of optimism on the hands of the Hornets because you're getting a guy like Kelly Oubre back who you missed a scoring for that one game against Cleveland on Sunday. And then one of their top scorers, a guy that scored 70 plus earlier this season, Donovan Mitchell is out of the lineup paired that with Jared Allen, who was still out of the lineup for Cleveland. You're feeling a little bit better at that point, just based off of the way that the game went on Sunday, even though Donovan Mitchell at the end of the day he ends up scoring around 20, but he didn't really go off for 30 or 40 or 50 or anything like that. So again, just those turnovers were way too many. They had 15 at halftime, and it resulted in 25 points off those turnovers from there. So Charlotte did a good job in the second half cleaning up the turnovers for the most part, considering they only had seven, but 22 turnovers at the end of the day. That ties the season high that they had in Toronto back in January. They also lost that game by 10 points as well. I know this one was a 16-point deficit, but... If you take out the turnovers and you improve the three-point shooting a little bit because the Hornets did shoot just 26%, you know, this game looks a whole lot different. I mean, even if you cut those turnovers in half, we're talking about maybe squeaking out a win, even though you're not expecting to get one when you turn over the ball that many times. And give credit to Cleveland. I mean, the Cavs had one turnover at halftime. They end up turning it over nine times, but Hornets only scored six points off those turnovers. So just kind of a frustrating game when you really look at the box score, because The Hornets shot the ball and was 57% from the field. They shot very, very well from anything inside the three-point line, but just going 6-23 from beyond the arc didn't help. And, you know, that's like you said, that's all she wrote.
4: The Hornets are down still some significant pieces due to injury. First and foremost, LaMelo Ball. There's still Mark Williams out with the thumb sprain. And so the margin for error is lower to begin with. But anything like a 20-plus turnover night, that's just not a recipe for success here for the Hornets. They fall short 120-104. One player stood out in the eyes of head coach Steve Clifford. Uh, sometimes he gets asked about specific players, and he'll start to discuss their efforts and the things he liked about their games, or sometimes the things he didn't like. He's very transparent with the media, but he seldom will just go off and talk about someone without being prompted, and in a game that the Hornets lost by 16, he was quick to do so in a positive sense with the team's guard, Terry Rozier.
1: I thought our best player tonight, by far, not even close, was Terry. He was the one that I talked to him about in the locker room. I didn't think tonight we didn't play overall with the kind of, really, resiliency that we've played with the most of the year. Even in the second half, we had a couple chances, a little bit, but we just... You know, we didn't come back and play with that same fight and energy. These guys have done a good job with that. I thought he was the one guy before I watched the film that stood out. Like, he was on top of the game plan. He was the one doing the stuff that we talked about.
4: Rob Terry finished with 22 points, nine assists. At one point, they had him at 10, but they, they made the adjustment in the final box. So he somebody up, didn't want half off pizza. Today. I guess not. So they, they deprived us of the double double promotion and him of his second of the season. But still, you know, Terry Rozier with a really really strong effort, and I think it, it just speaks so highly to him and his character. Look, we we know what the team's record is. They're 22-49. and 49. They are fast approaching their quote-unquote tragic number, the number at which point there is no mathematical possibility of making it to the play-in tournament. We know what his status is for the future. Terry's in his prime. He's 28 years old. He'll be 29 next season. It's his athletic prime. He's scoring more points, distributing more assists than he ever has in his career. And if you look specifically at the games he played with the team fully intact with LaMelo Ball with the full roster without all this fluctuation due to injuries. He shot the three extremely efficiently, so everything is looking up. There is nothing for Terry Rozier to prove, and yet night after night he continues to go in there and give his A-plus effort and try and lead his team to a victory, and that's the kind of example you want set for the most part, a very young roster here for the Hornets on what the standard is regardless of how well the season has gone.
5: I think this was one of those games where you see Terry can be so multifaceted because, again, with the absence of LaMelo Ball, he's been tasked at trying to be the guy to lead the way as the point guard. And that's something we've seen Terry Rozier do in the past. I mean, he's had a couple triple-doubles in his career, had a double-double until somebody decided to take an assist away last night as well. So it's not surprising by any means, but what Terry did offensively was just very effective. 10-20 of 20 from the field. Two for seven beyond the arc, but again, nobody shot the ball very well from three-point land last night. I thought he was more of the scorer, obviously, because he did finish with 22 points. And Dennis Smith, when the lineup broke and those two were out there on the floor, he was the facilitator. They were kind of that one-two punch because DSJ finishes with only six points, but he also had eight assists out there as well. And I thought it was a great bounce-back game from Terry because, all things considered, he did have eight turnovers in that game on Sunday against Cleveland. He finishes last night with two turnovers in a game that the Hornets turned the ball over 22 times. So he did a really good job limiting his mistakes, I thought, and was a good bounce-back game overall from T-Row.
4: Definitely was. Hornets end up falling short against the Cleveland Cavaliers. 120-104 to 104 is the final score. Coming up next, we'll select our silver lining players. That's after this quick break here on the Hornets I've Cast.
3: The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
4: Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. The Hornet's Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. The official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the charlotte hornets it's time to select our silver linings performers and fortunately uh, we've had too much practice on this side of it we like to pick our stars of the game preferably but 22 and 49 is the squad's record and uh, silver linings only amount to so much but that's what we have rob longo so where would you like to go who is your silver linings performer from last night's game
5: for me my silver lining performance is kelly uber he finishes with a game high 28 points
4: Recovery by the Hornets, five on three. Oubre spotting up for three. The wing shot is good. Kelly Oubre, Jr., drilling another low, three-point shot. And Kelly Oubre is the first Hornet to double figures. He's got a dozen.
5: Unfortunately, that was the only three that Kelly hit yesterday. It was one of four from Beyond arc but he did a great job finishing at the rim, 11 of 17 from the field, hit all five of his free throws. I don't want to steal your thunder, but he's got that crazy free throw streak going that we're not going to talk about or are Why we not? going to talk about. Yes. I didn't know if there was an announcer's jinx on no, a podcast or not. No, there's not.
4: Look, (laughs) here's the thing about announcers, Jinx, just to go off on a tangent briefly. If you don't ever mention it, How's anyone supposed to know? Like, what if you're a fan and you're thinking at home, "Hi, huh, I wonder how many uh, kicks in a row this this kicker is made." And then you know, after one's missed, like, "Hey, he made seventy five in a row. Is about to be an NFL record." You'd be like, "Well, why the heck didn't I know that before when it was relevant?" The greatest of all time, Vince Scully, he would let people know when a no hitter was going on because did you let when people were doing a no hitter? Of course, okay. because it's the radio. They can't look at the scoreboard. It's the radio. You they gotta can say, say the say team it. had zero hits. You could say, "Oh, the- give me oh, a." But that's wow. the same thing. No, okay. no, you say the streak, you do it. That's that's the job. The fans tuned in at home like, oh, he's being coy. Something must be going on. I wonder what kind of streak it is. Now, he's 38 for his last 39. He's made something like 18 in a row. It's a tremendous run. Tremendous.
5: Okay, after I got Sam all hot and bothered over here, like I said, game-high 28 points, six rebounds, only one assist, but... I thought this was a prime example of what this team is without Kelly Oubre, like we talked about on Sunday, where the offense really sputtered. And I think a lot of those turnovers that the Hornets had on Sunday were because they just didn't have a lot of options in terms of the offense. And they still don't have a ton of the options, obviously, because you're missing guys like LaMelo Ball and Mark Williams. But there's a little bit of a more added punch to that offensive prowess when Kelly Oubre is out there on the floor, obviously. The 28 points speak for themselves in that sense. So that's why Kelly Oubre was my silver lining performance from last night. It was great to have him back in the lineup, hopefully that back stiffness was only a one-time thing and we don't have to worry about it for the rest of the season. But Kelly Oubre, my silver lining performer from last night.
4: He was great. He ends up, I mean, he's averaging in this stretch here, something like 26, 27 points per game. He's been tremendous in shooting the ball really really well from three. Last night was not his strongest. He went one for four. That's that's fine. You know, the two for four would have been a brilliant percentage. One for four. It's not catastrophic. It's fine. You know that that happens sometimes over these kinds of stretches. But overall, over his last. Four games where he's scored at least 20 in all of them. He's shooting right around 50% from three, so he's really played some strong basketball. We discussed our, our silver linings picks before the game and I got to call an audible. I got to give it to Terry Rozier. T. Row has just been brilliant here and we're going to forego the highlight because we're going to have another one for you momentarily here, but Terry, he, he's played really, really strong basketball. I'm not sure if he had a double-double stolen for him for not. I wasn't watching him. Mean, if it wasn't an assist, it wasn't an assist, but neither here nor there. He's distributing the ball at a really high level, not only in his last five games has he gone for at least 20 points in each and every one of them, 22 last night, but he's had at least six assists in each and every contest as well. Each and every one of those games, he is north of his season average in assists per contest, just like he's north of his season average in points per contest. So he's just been playing some really, really strong basketball Shooting has been good, uh, not great from three, but good. And, and he's been able to fill it up despite being the number one option on everyone else's scouting chart. So, a great game there for Terry Rozier. I do, though, want to give a tip of the cap to J.T. Thor. Pass tip to Gordon Hayward. Richards into the corner. Thor for three. No. Rebound comes out to Richards, fires it down low. J.T. Thor pulls out Mjolnir and throws down another Dr. Pepper dunk. And the Hornets. Get a bucket on the second chance opportunity. JT Thor, look, I know a lot of it came in, you know, the part of the game where the result – was decided it was just what's the final score going to be but it's a career high he had a career high 11 points and more importantly when you look at the box score at the end of the night he is one of two players who was even or positive in the plus minus what does that really mean it's hard to say did they make a big run when the the game was already out of reach and cleveland cleared their bench and that's what changed things but you know probably that that has something to do with it but jt thor played over 15 minutes in the game i thought there's just a lot of things to like about what he contributed. He finishes with 11 points and six rebounds, the points as well as the made field goals for both our career high tying efforts. And so, JT Thor, tip of the cap to the second year man out of Auburn for a nice effort last night. Hornets fall final score 120 to 104. Charlotte is now 22 and 49 on the campaign coming up next power rankings were recently released hornets 27 on the most recent nba.com power rankings but there's some details in the column so to speak that we wanted to flesh out here and we'll do that next here on the hornets hivecast Shot clock dark now, Hornets can hold for one. DSJ gonna go baseline, rise up and he throws down the hammer. Cavs might win this game but Dennis Smith Jr. just won the highlight. Kind of a microcosm of the segment we've got coming up here. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. You just heard Dennis Smith Jr. with the highlight of the night. A monster dunk driving baseline against the Cleveland Cavaliers in a game the Hornets would go on to lose 120 to 104. Dennis Smith Jr. winning the highlight but losing the game and it it kind of fits into this segment here because we wanted to talk about power rankings. Hornets have been at or near the bottom in the NBA and Athletic and many other publications, ESPNs, power rankings all throughout the season. And it, it makes sense. Look, they're twenty two and forty nine. You can't say that they're a top five or ten team, even though at times in particular facets of the game, they have bubbled up towards the top defensively right now Charlotte defensively since the All-Star break the Hornets are one of the better defensive teams in the NBA last night's game notwithstanding so there are those highlights and even as you look at a season where Charlotte right now is fourth from the bottom in the NBA they remain fourth from the bottom in the NBA.com power rankings there are some things to like that you see when you look a little bit deeper at the team's performance and what national publications and people that watch everyone all the time are writing about him and one stuck out to me from this week's NBA.com power rankings and it was pointing out the Hornets defense uh, the quote from the article quote more important is that the Hornets have had the league's number one defense since the All-Star break holding their opponents to just 108.6 points per 100 possessions over their 10 post-break games. This was preceding last night's game but it's an important point that Charlotte made a coaching change specifically to address defense and while offensively you can make a very strong argument that all of the injuries on all facets and portions of this roster have totally disrupted chemistry and any opportunity to build a rhythm plus you remove LaMelo Ball from the picture, he's now missed 35 total games this season, the team's gone 9-26 and 26 in them and their offensive rating has plummeted because of it because he is the engine to the offense he's what so much of it runs through uh, there are other factors as well But in terms of what can carry forward into the future, obviously you're getting some good looks at some young players and they're getting really good taste of NBA action and and things to build on. But you're also seeing the formation of hopefully a defensive core and a defensive philosophy that will quote-unquote travel to next season and give this team a chance to really make some big improvements continually on the defensive side from where they were a couple years ago. And then offensively, hopefully they kick right back into full gear with a healthy LaMelo ball.
5: First off, I'm a little thrown off here during the segment because usually when we do power rankings, you make me guess to see where they are in the hierarchy. Yeah, so I, feel, I feel like we—it's gonna are you, be. Are
4: we beating a dead horse? They're gonna be bottom four. I, I, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. The Hornets could win every game from here on out. They're still gonna end up bottom four of the power rankings. Bunch of jerks.
5: Anyways, <laughs> I think one of the things that we talked about a lot before the season started was with the hiring of head coach Steve Clifford, like you alluded to, we knew this team was going to play defense because it's to the point where if you don't play defense, you're not going to play for the most part. So I think the fact that we finally have seen what this vision of defensive philosophy was supposed to be at the beginning of the season, and I know it's taken a long time to get there, and I think that's for a multitude of reasons, mostly because, A, of the injuries, you haven't had a whole set of a full deck of cards out there for the entire season. Because of the whole, because well, beginning with LaMelo Ball missing the start of the season, Cody Martin has played, what, maybe five minutes of the
4: season this year? He's played a little, he got into a few more games, but that was the start. yeah. Yeah, I
5: mean, he only played one minute in the first game, and then he had that big lull and then tried to come back and just couldn't go with that knee injury. So, I mean, at the end of the day... I mean, that's a big piece right there. Cody Martin is one of your best defensive players. So give credit where credit is due. Dennis McJr. has done a phenomenal job stepping up. Nick Richards has really stepped up here as of late as that backup center ever since the trade deadline when Mason Plumlee was dealt to the Clippers. His rim protection has been great. Mark Williams has been phenomenal at the rim as well. So, I mean, those three guys right there in general, I think that's the core of your defensive philosophies or the core of your defensive success has been – Dennis Smith Jr., Nick Richards, and Mark Williams. And I know it's a weird group when you boil it down, but, I mean, you also give credit where LaMelo Ball, because LaMelo has really good reach, and he gets in passing lanes, and he usually gets a lot of steals as well, but... For the majority of the season, and the guys that have played the most, for the most part, are those three right there, DSJ,
4: Mark Williams, and Nick Richards. Well, you're going to have defensive stars. You're going to have guys who accumulate more of those particular defensive counting stats, steals, or blocks, and and really show out. But if you're going to get your defense to number 1 in the NBA over a significant sample size, we're talking about the 10 games out of the All-Star break, that only happens with team. Just like for offense, you can have the greatest score in the game if he doesn't have people running alongside him and and contributing with him, or her for that matter. You see it in the women's game as well. If it's not a cohesive team operating around one star or in conjunction with one star, it's not going to work, and that's even more so on the defensive side. So, yeah, there are particular players that you can flag and say, okay, since Mark Williams and Nick Richards were the center combo, the rim protection's gotten better. It's made everything a lot better. Dennis Smith Jr., clearly when he's on the floor, it's a massive Massive defensive impact, the numbers bear that out. But it doesn't matter because if there is a hole in a team's defensive scheme, NBA offenses are going to find it and they had not been able to find it not nearly as efficiently over the last 12 or so games here since the All-Star break and the uh, the numbers bear that out. So certainly some positives here for the Hornets and it's all part of a building process. You know, we were not expecting this season to be a part of the building blocks, but injuries and other factors came into play and and that's the way that this season has gone for the Hornets, but I think a real positive for this team is they're not viewing it as a failed attempt to make the playoffs. They're looking at it as part of the process on their future path. And that's something that Kelly Oubre Jr., last night's leading scorer for the Hornets, talked about after the game. Um, Pretty much straightforward. Like,
2: you know, we have 11 games left, and
4: where we want to get to is way, it's unseeable right now. So it's easy to kind of like uh, fall under the eight ball and get lacklustre, you know, in the preparation for the games in the competition uh, but you know we have to focus our vision on where we want to be and you know he pretty much said just keep your eyes on the future man and don't necessarily worry about where you are right now because everything will change and when it does If you didn't put the proper work in, you know, to be ready for that moment, then you won't be ready. One last point here to kind of echo what Kelly Oubre is talking about. There's an example from last season that I think is really uh, an appropriate one right now. Sacramento Kings last season made a a big deal, a significant change, bringing in Demonis Sabonis and reworking that roster a little bit and still finished. 12th in the Western Conference, 30 and 52. Uh, north of 50 losses is always a, a pretty poor season. They finish in the lottery again. They end up with a top five. They add Keegan Murray, who's likely going to be a, an all rookie team selection, probably a first team selection, but he's going to make one of them. And now, all of a sudden, they've changed some of the dynamics of the team, but for the most part, it's the same squad as last year. Just insert Murray and a couple other players. Former Hornet Malik Monk has been a serious piece for them, and and they've made some other changes too, but the the core who that team revolves around, De'Aaron Fox, Damana Sabonis, that didn't change. You add in the rookie, you add in a couple other pieces, as every NBA team does, and look at them now. They are third in the West. They're ahead of Phoenix. They're ahead of Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. They're ahead of the Timberwolves, who also made some big deals in the offseason. They're ahead of the defending champion Warriors. They're ahead of the Clippers. They're ahead of a lot of teams right now in the NBA who many people many experts out there have higher aspirations for come the postseason but they're going to have to play through sacramento at least a couple of them are based off the standings right now and who knows the kings could end up being top two in the west when the regular season is all said and done so that thought that you're building towards something that it's all part of a process hopefully that is the fate of the hornets as well that this core the work that they're putting in right now the development of the young guys if you add in we'll see what kind of additions happen in the offseason in terms of non-rookies but you add in a top 5 pick which in all likelihood that will happen based off the odds and the percentages and you know it's a it's a lottery so it could go in a different direction but top 5 is certainly possible if not probable you add that into the mix and maybe this Hornets team is the one that makes that 25 20-plus game jump in the wins column and ends up being the the team to end what would become the longest drought for the playoffs in the NBA if the Kings do continue on this path.
5: Well, if they're third in the conference, I think that that's kind of a safe bet. But they, stranger things have happened. I, mean, I know they were as high as second in the West here not they're that only, long they're ago. They're only
4: 10 games up from 13th. So. <laughs>
5: well, could be a monumental collapse. You never know. But at any rate, I think the thing that is – key to focus on here for the most part is the mentality here. I know there's only 11 games left. It's easy with the way that the record is and the way that the season has gone to just kind of roll over and not show up for these final 11 games or so but that's not the case with this team and I think that the way that the defense has improved over the last couple weeks is a great example of that the mentality and the leadership from Kelly Ray that you just heard from a couple minutes ago is another great example of that. And something that you've talked about in previous podcasts, and I don't have it off the top of my head because I'm not a numbers guy like you are, but you mentioned how Steve Clifford coached teams in the past always play better towards the end of the season. They always kind of build that momentum up and then they ride that into the following season. So hopefully history repeats itself in that regard. And they're building the blocks at least defensively because LaMelo Ball is just such a phenomenal player he comes back healthy next season, you plug him right in, boom, your offense is that much better already no matter what, and you already have that base set on a defensive side, which can be a very, very dangerous combination.
4: No doubt about that. No no doubt about this. Even in a season where the team overall record-wise is struggling as much as they are, when you're hearing the right things and seeing the right things from guys like Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre, the rest of the squad can't help but fall in line, follow their example, and hopefully... It leads to improved results come next season. Well, we've got an off day tomorrow, a rarity, actually, the the next few. What is that? I know. Well, the schedule has finally lightened up. I saw another stat here from NBA.com. Hornets have the third most difficult strength of schedule, third most difficult schedule strength uh, based off cumulative opponent's record and adjusted for home versus away and days of rest before a game. Uh, Hornets played a lot of games, a lot of road games, so some rest and some more home cooking is in the cards here for the Hornets. Charlotte has two games over the next, uh, like, eight days. It's a pretty light schedule here for the Hornets. They'll play Philadelphia on Friday, St. Patrick's Day, and then the Indiana Pacers on Monday the 20th. Tickets available for both at Hornets.com. So in between, we're going to squeeze in some player profile interviews, get to know some of the Hornets a little bit better. And coming up tomorrow, we've got a full sit-down interview with Hornets rookie Bryce McGowans. We're going to talk about the... The process, seeing him sign from a two-way contract to a multi-year deal, what that meant to him and his family, who he talked about it with first, and some of the experiences he's had here in his rookie season in the NBA. So we look forward to bringing that conversation to all of you tomorrow. Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me on this edition of the HHC.
5: Pleasure as always.
4: I'm going to enjoy
5: my perfect bracket for one more day.
4: That's right. Everyone have fun with the NCAA tournament and we'll look forward to uh, tuning in to each and every game, morning, noon, and night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Always is tournament time. Uh, and then we look forward to having you all back with us on Friday at the Hive for Hornets versus 76ers. But do tune in tomorrow in between games while you tear up your bracket, whatever you might be doing uh, for that interview here with Bryce McGowan's on the HHC. Till next time, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We will talk to you tomorrow with Bryce McGowan here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.
2: information